0: This is, let me tell you what, we are not on man's calendar. There was not a council of bishops, there was not a Jewish council, there was not an ecumenical council, this is God's doing, straight from His Word. God says, I have days that I have set on my calendar, and these days are special days where I'm going to treat you special in these days because of what i've set them up to mean and here we are smack dab in the middle of one of them praise the lord uh that we have to keep doing this we we keep showing you god's calendar over and over we give you this chart Uh, this chart like i said was not made by man this is god's calendar he has these four feasts in the spring and then he has three feasts after a period of time uh, in the fall and, uh, and all of this is Him showing us how He looks at things, praise God. And these four feasts in the spring, how they start out with Passover, uh, our Easter celebration or crucifixion of Jesus giving His life uh, on that Good Friday. Uh, we then go into the unleavened bread where Jesus was without leaven. He was without sin. He became the sinless sacrifice to pay our sinful account, Praise God. And then three days later, glory to God. The same, he said, if I have the power to lay my life down, I have the power to take it up again. And he was resurrected, hallelujah. And then 50 days later, he tells us that uh, he's he's going up to heaven. He's ascending on high, but he says, I've got a plan. I want to build a church. I want to build a church on this earth that will usher in the kingdom of glory, the kingdom of God. He said, but you can't do it in might and you can't do it in power. you got to do it in my spirit. So I need you to tarry in Jerusalem at a feast. He said, I need you to go there and tarry at a feast. And at the Feast of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came and filled them in the upper room with the Holy Spirit tongues as a fire set upon each of them. And they began, I'm telling you, they began to prophesy, they began to speak, they began to minister. And Peter, who was once timid, is now emboldened by the Spirit of God. Preaches the first sermon 3,000 are saved the church's birth and from that day till now we are in the church age This is that period between the spring feast and the fall feast that God has a plan for his church That would come against the gates of hell And let me tell you what and the devil can't do what he wants to do But then God says as I've fulfilled these spring feasts all of these uh, feasts are prophetic and until they're fulfilled and some are fulfilled in part as some of these are fulfilled in part but let me tell you what there's come in the full uh, fulfillment of it where rosh hashanah we just celebrated last sunday at sundown was the feast of trumpets it is that feast that uh corresponds with the rapture of the church there's coming a day where god says in the twinkling of an eye that we uh, who are Christian, the dead in Christ, shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up at the sound of the trumpet, will be caught up in the air to be with the Lord. And let me tell you what, the church is standing between the Antichrist and what he wants to do in bringing tribulation. The Antichrist, the Spirit, is here, but he cannot do what he wants to do as long as the church is here. But the Bible says that when we are removed out of the way, the Antichrist is going to bring on tribulation, but it's going to be for a limited time because God has the days of fulfillment coming, the second coming that will come there at Sukkot, but that will be preceded first by atonement, which is this Wednesday, Yom Kippur, this Wednesday at sundown, we're going to be celebrating the holiest day of the year, that God considered the Yom Kippur. Hallelujah. So this, like I said, this is God's calendar. It's not man's calendar. And in this leading up to the oh, Feast of Trumpets in Rosh Hashanah, was 30 days leading up to that, the, the shofar has been sounding, the trumpet's been sounding. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, make preparation. Uh, wake up. Get, God has a plan. And that day is coming. And then after Rosh Hashanah, there's 10 days leading into uh, Yom Kippur, and it's called the Days of Awe, the the shofar will continue to sound uh, as it continues to say, get ready, get ready for this great day that is about to take place. And one of the things they'll be doing, and I've got a picture of it up here, they'll be taking two goats on Yom Kippur and they will slay one for the blood sacrifice, and then they'll lay hands on the second one and send it off into the wilderness as a scapegoat. So we see the sins of the people laid on uh, one goat, and the blood uh, atones for them, but then there's a second scapegoat that is sent into the wilderness. Now, a lot of people will say this to you, and you've got to be careful uh, in how you listen to them. They'll say, because they mean well, Because I used to say it myself before, you know, sometimes when you're young, you're just dumb. You know, and I used to say stuff I shouldn't say. But, you know, wow, we have Jesus. Why do we need to remember all these things? You know, and, and the answer is we don't need to, but we get to. Amen? Hallelujah. I'd like to explain it like this. We don't need to remember Resurrection Sunday. We don't need to remember Easter. There's no law that says we have to celebrate Easter. But isn't it good to remember what Jesus did for us? And we don't have to remember Christmas. There's no law that says we've got to remember what uh, God sending His Son. But isn't it good to remember how much God loves us that He sent His only begotten Son for us? So we don't need to remember these feasts to be a Christian. Remembering them doesn't make us a Christian, but I am absolutely convinced, as it has happened in my own life, it makes us a better Christian when we do. Hallelujah. Because the word feast means an appointed time with God. An appointed time with God. God has put this on His calendar. Like I said, not man, but God put this on His calendar. An appointed time where He has decided to meet with us in a different way. In a special way unlike any other time of the year. Now think about this. We teach our children on the 4th of July... To remember what this nation means. We teach our children how to say the Pledge of Allegiance. We teach our children how to honor veterans who have fought so that we could have this great nation to live in the freedom that we do. Now, I ask you, does learning the Pledge of Allegiance make us an American? No. Does remembering the Fourth of July make us an American? No. Does honoring our veterans make us an American? No. Does it make us better, Americans? I would say yes. Yes, it, it does. There's something to God about remembering. Remember, He created us, and He says, in His creative order, He wants us to remember. If you remember Jesus at communion, when He set up at Passover, that Last Supper, what did He say? As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So God created us, He knows how our mind works, and He has created us that there's something special about it when we remember. And as we've been going on since last Sunday into this Wednesday, He's calling us to remember that this is a spiritual new year. This is not only the new year, Rosh Hashanah, but as we come into Yom Kippur, He says, during this time, He says in His Word that He will write your name in the book of blessing for a whole year wow so here's God with all that he does and all that he handles he says this is on my calendar that I'm going to write a book of blessing with your name on it I'm going to personalize a book of blessing over you for this year Now, I don't know about you, but that excites me to know that God is working extra hard. He even put it on His calendar so He wouldn't forget, and we know He wouldn't have forgotten anyway, but He is writing a book of blessing with your name so that this next year, the windows of heaven can be opened over your life. The windows of heaven can be opened over your family. The windows of heaven can be opened over your health. The windows of heaven can be opened over your finances and over your future for this whole year. Hallelujah. Praise God for the book of blessing. He is writing your name in the book of blessing as we remember. He said, when we remember. So I'm remembering. You can do your own thing if you want and you can, you can pass by the author's table of the book of blessing and having it personalized to you if you want. But I'm remembering. Hallelujah. What we're doing right now is got us in line to get our own autographed copy of the Book of Blessing. Praise God. Isn't it great to know that our God loves us that much? Think about it for 30 days leading up to Rosh Hashanah, the trumpet's been blowing, the shofar's been blowing. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Check yourselves. See if you're serving God. See if you're living for God. See if you treat your neighbor the way you should be treating your neighbor. Or you are you honoring God with your tithes and offerings? Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And then when we get to Rosh Hashanah, new year, then for the first 10 days of the new year, the shofar continues to sound. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Wake up, the day of atonement is ready. Is coming. The day of atonement is right before us. And, and, and the thing is, when you look at this, God is trying to wake them up so they could align themselves with Him. And the reason why is so that He could bless them by the payment of the sacrifice. And for us, that ultimate sacrifice is Jesus Christ. Now for forty days, thirty leading up the Rosh Hashanah, ten days during Yom Kippur, or leading up to Yom Kippur, the days of awe, forty days the shofar has been blowing. The people know this sound and they know what it means. Now forty is important to God. That's a number we find in the Bible that's very important to God. We see that forty days and forty nights it rained when Noah was on the ark. Forty days, Moses fasted to intercede on Mount Sinai for the children of Israel. I think I got a big 40 I want to put in your picture in your mind there as the shofar was blowing. For 40 days, the spies went in the land of uh, Cana. Uh, For 40 days, Goliath stood and challenged the children of Israel before David came and took away his headship, if I could say it that way. Forty days, Jonah warned Nineveh of the impending judgment. Forty days, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Forty days, Jesus was seen in pure white linen after the resurrection before He ascended unto the heavens with His Father to intercede for us. For forty days, the shofar has been blowing. Thirty days up the Rosh Hashanah and ten days into this new year. 40, 40, 40. Why do you think God has done this? Because it is contrary to what you may have been taught in Sunday school. Contrary to what a parent trying to force you to do right may have told you. Contrary to what some have even preached from a pulpit. It is not that God is looking to catch us in a mistake so He can crush us. It's not that God is a God with a lightning bolt in heaven and He's ready to... pierce you with it and destroy you if he can catch you in a mistake and fry you no for 40 days he's constantly warning us constantly saying get right get right get right and the reason is because the Goliath that's in your life is coming down the power of the resurrection is coming Uh, the promised land is really yours Uh, it really flows with milk and honey God said I got a book of blessing I want to bless you this year I need you to repent I need you to get ready I need you to turn to me see God wants you blessed he's done it for 40 days most of us don't do anything for 40 days consistent but God is done it for 40 days because he's trying to get your name in the book of blessing this year he wants his favor in your life this year hallelujah praise God and what confuses a lot of Christians is that now that we have Jesus we say we don't we don't need to do any of this we don't need to remember any of this anymore now that we have Jesus we were strangers we were foreigners we had no covenant but now we have Jesus we are partakers of the promise of God but I'm here to tell you God says if you'll remember He says I want to write your name in the book of blessing if you'll remember I don't want to plant, make the plan of salvation and you forget it I want you to know what it costs. I want you to know how much I love you And I want you to know that you need to have faith and exercise it in me so that I can do the miracle In and through you hallelujah What a good God we serve So we're going to remember this morning you can say the next few moments that we spend here is moments that's going to prepare me to have the book of blessing personally autographed from God to me for this whole year. Not just, to, not just Wednesday of the of Yom Kippur, but this whole year. This whole year. How many of you claim that now? In Jesus' name. So let us remember, let's go back to not what some counsel wrote, but let's go back to what God said from His divine mindset to ours in Leviticus 16. Leviticus 16, we'll begin at verse 3. Thus Aaron, if you know, Aaron is a high priest. So here we're coming up on Yom Kippur and God is laying out the instructions. He says, Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with linen sash, and with the linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and put them on. So before the high priest could go in and intercede for the people, he had to make sure that he was first clean himself. Now, God said that, and I believe there's an important part that, a point there that God's trying to make. I believe it needs to be sounded in the twenty-first century very loud that ministry needs to be clean. Ministry says, Aaron, before you go minister, we gotta get you washed and we gotta get you in white linen. He says ministry needs to be clean. I know we're saved by grace and not by works lest any man should boast but we need to realize that drugs and abuse and adultery and fornication and dishonesty and greed needs to be out of the lives of the royal priesthood of believers. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the message here, I believe in verses 3 and 4 is that before you preach to someone else you better make sure you're practicing what you preach. And remember, there's a royal, a royal priesthood of all believers. We're all priests in this. We can't put it all on a pastor today. He's just an equipper. Let me tell you what, all of us are called into the ministry. All of us are called into the priesthood. And if if you want a powerful testimony and a powerful word that'll change someone's life, you practice what you preach. But if you want to turn people off from God and turn people away from the church, uh, you don't practice what you preach. They'll call you a hypocrite and use you as the number one reason why they won't darken the doors of what God does. We've got to clean ourselves up, but we can't clean ourselves up in our own strength that Jesus does for us and through us, but we need to make sure we're living it right as well. Somebody say amen. Amen. Got to practice what you preach. Now Leviticus 16, 5, he goes on, and he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering which is for himself and make atonement for himself in his house. So he's got to take this bull and young bull and he's got to offer it to take care of he himself in his house that's why I've given such priority to our children because of this scripture right here I said I've got to make sure my children are saved I know many pastors their children are wayward and children aren't serving God and they're running after the children of the the, uh, uh, parents in the church to get them saved and it's like their own children aren't saved and I'm like you know I've got to make sure that I'm living it and I'm teaching it and I'm loving them and I'm showing them the way of Christ in the home so that they will serve the Lord all the days of their life because the atoning work of jesus christ is first for me and my household and then i take it outside of that let me tell you i thank god that townsend at 20 is serving god filled with the holy ghost and speaking in tongues i thank god that morgan at 13 is is saved and sanctified and filled with the holy ghost i thank god that caleb i mean uh, uh, how old are you morgan 14 14 i i knew i was wrong there and then there's caleb at 12 hallelujah he is saved and sanctified and of the Holy Ghost and praising the Spirit and says he's going to be a preacher one day. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. I don't, I don't brag. That's not a bragging right. That is a responsibility I have because I have to make sure they're right. I'm telling you. And y'all better not stray. If you stray, God's good to you, but I don't get you. No. God is good. Praise God. So... Verse 7 goes on, he says, He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats and one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as the sin offering, which is for himself. Then he shall take the censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar. You know, God never said, bring me any gray ashes, cool ashes. He always wanted burning coals. He wanted fire and he wanted incense. And incense represents worship and fire represents the empowerment and the emboldenment of the Spirit of God. I say Christian embassy, let us never become a people that just offers a, a, a fog machine, fake uh, 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 incense or, or air, uh, a fog before the Lord. Let us truly come in here with hearts that are on fire and passion to love the Lord and serve the Lord. And we come in here and we make a joyful noise and we lift up our voice and we dance and we sing and we play the instruments as he said in Psalms 150 and he says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord but let us do it with vigor let us do it with an effectual fervency in our prayers and our praise hallelujah Because God said, bring fire before me, burning coals and the incense. And he says, they shall come from the altar with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat and on the east side and before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger. How many times? Seven times. I didn't make that up. So when God showed us the revelation of the seven places that Jesus shed His blood to redeem us and to bring us out of the curse and to bring us up out of poverty and to bring us up out of pain and to bring us up out of sickness and all those places we were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Brought The ransom was paid. We were brought out of bondage into freedom. Let me tell you what, here it is prophesied seven times, seven times. That when Jesus took that crown of thorns upon his head, he was breaking that curse of poverty that came on us when Adam disobeyed. And the Bible says, Now by the sweat of your brow you shall make a living. Then Jesus took a a crown of thorns, they placed upon his head, and when the blood began to flow, he redeemed us from the curse of poverty. I'm telling you, when Jesus was in the garden and said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done, he broke the curse that came upon us in the first garden when Adam said, Father, not your will, but my will be done be done, and He took of the forbidden fruit. Let me tell you what, when Jesus was beaten, blindfolded and beaten and bruised and swollen beyond recognition, as Isaiah tells us, the Bible tells us that He was wounded for our transgressions, but He was bruised for our iniquities. Bruising is a bleeding under the skin to take care of that hidden stuff that curses that flow under the skin. That, that brokenness in us that flows from generation to generation that our physicians say you need to fill out this paperwork and tell us about the brokenness that's not we're not seeing it with our natural eye. But what did your daddy die of? And what did your granddaddy die of? And what did your grandparents... We need to know. We need to know because there's brokenness in your DNA. But let me tell you what, when you are born again and become a new creature, creature in Christ Jesus, you need to claim a new bloodline that I am now the son of the living God daughter of the most high God and that Jesus was bruised for my iniquities he bled under the skin to take care here that's represented seven times there he took nails in his hand to give us our authority back. he took nails in his feet to give us dominion back I'm telling you all of this he was on a whipping post and they ripped the flesh off with a cat of nine tails and let me tell you when sickness comes in and says I'm here to stay you need to Say you gotta go, you gotta go, because the high priest seven times, uh, and one of those times uh, was the blood that Jesus shed uh, through his stripes on his back. And Isaiah said, "By his stripes uh, you are healed." And Peter tells us after Jesus has ascended unto heaven, by his stripes you were healed. Uh, That is in the atonement; it's already in your bank account. All you got to do is by faith uh, make a withdrawal, uh, and the pin number for your ATM machine uh, is J E S. U.S., hallelujah. Seven times, seven times a spear in His side water and blood flowed out, John tells us how do we know what Jesus died of? It wasn't asphyxiation, it wasn't suffocation like most died on the cross it was His heart ruptured He died of a broken heart. Let me tell you His first sermon, He said, I've come, I'm an anointed on high uh, to heal the broken heart. So if you've been abused and you've been abandoned and you've been lied on and you've been hurt and you've been mistreated and you've been lied on and you've been turned against and I'm telling you, people have abused you, uh, whether it was sexual mentally or whatever way and tried to break your heart there's blood that was shed and Aaron is telling us about it right here as he's saying there's blood that was shed to heal your broken heart the Bible says that if you're an addict you'll always be an addict the, uh, the world says, the world says that if you've got a brokenness of mind and spirit, you'll always be broken. But I'm here to tell you, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Aaron is telling us seven times the blood is there on the altar. Look at verse 15. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring its blood inside the veil, do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. Then He, looking at verse 19, He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with His fingers seven times. Seven. Do you think God's trying to tell us something here? And cleanse it and consecrate it for the unclean, uh, uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when He has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, He shall now bring that live goat. And Aaron shall lay his hands on the head of the live goat, Confess over it all the iniquities. Say iniquities. Iniquities. The iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities. Say iniquities. iniquities. Their iniquities to an uninhabited land and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. So here Aaron, the high priest, is confessing these two things. He's confessing their sins, their transgressions over this scapegoat. And he's confessing their iniquities, which are the curses over this goat. See, God is trying to tell us something here. He's not just just trying to forgive us of our sin. He is also breaking the curse that sin had ushered into our lives. That's why all the seven places that Jesus shed His blood can be released in your life. You've got to see this. You've got to believe this. You've got to receive it. You've got to believe it. You've got to confess it. You've got to stand up in authority and begin to claim it as your own. Hallelujah. Because here's what's going on. First, we need to realize that the God we serve is our Father. And the Bible says that it is our Father's good pleasure to reconcile us to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. When I'm at home in my home office working, and my kids come in from school, and I hear them say, Daddy, everything stops. I'm telling you, everything stops, no matter how many days it is. And I run in there, and these are my babies. And Caleb starts telling me about his day at school and Morgan is updating me on all of her events. And boy, are there a lot. She's got to be here. She's got to be there. She's going. She's got to, you know, she's a busy one. And then Townsend's giving me the details of all of his day's experiences, whether it Regent and classes or, or in the office working. And, and they're, they're my children. They, they got my attention. And let me tell you what. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my kids. And, and, and they're everything to me. But the Bible says in comparison to how much I love my children, I am wicked compared to how much more our Heavenly Father loves us. Now, I can't imagine loving kids more than I love my kids, but the Bible says in comparison with all my love towards them, it's wicked compared to how much more our Heavenly Father loves us. So when you cry out, Abba, Father, I have a need, he's going to stop making universes. He's going to stop creating worlds. He's going to stop everything and say, be quiet, be quiet, my babies are here. My baby, you got to see that. You must realize that, yes, our God, he is omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he is omniscient, but don't you ever forget he's also your daddy. He's your Abba, he's your father. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Daddy, Father, God. The rabbis teach concerning this day of atonement that we're about to come on this Wednesday evening is that as much as you know God's love, on this day it gets even better. And you say, how can that be? say, God's doing it. The miraculous. He hears us every day of the year, but He hears us more on this day. Wow. On Yom Kippur, on this day, He says He's put it in His calendar for everyone who will remember it. That he's going to be closer to earth, closer to them than ever before, if that's possible. I don't know how he does it. It's a miracle, but that's what it says. That he's closer to ushering in his kingdom where there'll be no tears, there'll be no sorrow, there'll be no lack, there'll be no pain. That on this day, he's closer to doing this than in any other time of the year. See, Yom Kippur is the shadow of the second coming. It is the prophetic feast that says He's coming back and He's going to finish what He said He was going to do. So so is Yom Kippur, shadow of the second coming? It's not the rapture. That's Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah is sundown to sundown for the two days or the two sundowns, but which covers three days. Uh, We see that there's seven days left in those days of awe that represents the uh, tribulation time that will come but then even after the tribulation when people think it can't get even worse it's going to get better because god's coming back and he's second coming christ is coming back so yom kippur is when he, jesus comes back to establish his kingdom his rule and his reign where there'll be no tears there'll be no sorrow there'll be no lack there'll be no pain hallelujah now remember, feast means an appointed time on God's calendar. God has written these in. When you need to meet with me, I put it on my calendar because as busy as I am, I know that on this day, at that this hour, at this location, I'm going to meet with you personally. Well, God has set up on His calendar in the feast as a time to meet with us in a special way. Hallelujah. Now, He's available every day, but these are special to Him. This is when He's called the meeting. You didn't call these meeting; He's called the meeting. And, and He says that, the Scripture says that during these times, everything of God multiplies. So if you want favor, you can have multiplied favor. If you need anointing, you can have multiplied anointing. If you need blessing, you have multiplied blessing. Everything multiplies. So here we have the high priest Aaron. Only on this day he wears the white linen. After he sacrifices the bull for the atonement of himself and his family, they bring him these two goats. He casts a lot. One falls on one goat. He's got to be the sacrifice for the people. And the other one is going to be the scapegoat. And when the goat is sacrificed, the high priest, as you can only imagine, his white linens get covered with blood and it makes him impure. He's not clean. He's untouchable. So before he can go into the Holy of Holies, he's got to remove all these bloody uh, linens and he hangs them up in plain view so everybody can see the cost of their sin, the cost there with the blood hanging, uh, represented with, through the blood stain. And normally, if it was just a regular sacrifice, he would just wash his hands, but not on this day. On this day, he's representing the whole body of, of people, so he has to have his whole body cleansed. So they wash him from top to bottom to make sure there's not one speck of blood on him. And I'm here to tell somebody today, the moment Jesus died on the cross and washed our sins away, the devil can't find one speck on you either. Hallelujah! Praise God. So the white blood-stained linens are hanging there for everybody to see the cost of our freedom, that the wages of sin is death, that the sacrifice had to die, had to shed his blood for the people. Now the high priest is washed from head to toe, and now they put fresh new, fresh linens on him. And he appears before the people now, all clean, no blood on him, and all new linens, all perfectly white, and he's standing there beside the blood-stained linens that he was wearing just moments before. And they're seeing the comparison. They're seeing the cost that their sin had brought on these animals. and now they're seeing the, the mercy of God, that it didn't. The judgment didn't come on them, but because of God's mercy, God is willing to cleanse them through the blood of the animals. Now, that's exactly where Isaiah 1 and 18 comes from. That is a Yom Kippur scripture. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, that though your sin be as scarlet, they shall be white. Picture the the high priest. Picture Aaron standing here in in these white linens beside the blood-stained linens. And it says, though your sin be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. And though they be red as crimson, they will be as wool. Praise God. So get this, the high priest has not yet gone into the Holy of Holies, so he tells them, do not touch me for I have not yet been with the Father. And the reason he says that because feast means an appointment where the Father is set up on his schedule for you to come meet with him. So he says, don't touch me because I have not yet gone into beat with the Father. He's got to be pure. He's got to be clean. Now, if you know your Bible, and I see some of you nodding your head, you know your Bible. When Jesus died and they took Him off of the cross, they covered Him with fine linen, the Bible says. And the linen wrapped around Him, the same linen the high priest would wear, and they laid Jesus in the tomb, dressed in the blood-soaked fine linen. And when Mary came to find him, and when Peter and John came, they looked in, if you remember, and they saw the linen laying there, but the Lord was not there anymore. There was the blood-stained linen, but Jesus wasn't there. But the next time they see him alive, what is he dressed in white linen, the Bible says. And when they saw Him there in the grave, there's His blood-stained linen. But now our high priest, our new high priest, is standing there with perfectly white linen on, and He's releasing the power of the resurrection on us. And what does He say? Don't touch me, for I have not yet been with the Father. Exactly what the high priest in Yom Kampor would say. Hallelujah. So the high priest then would dip his finger in the blood and He would go into the Holy of Holies and He would sprinkle the blood on the Ark of the Covenant seven times. This is the only time He was allowed in the Holy of Holies. Normally the Holy of Holies was even shut off from the people with a three-foot curtain. If you remember when Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, that three-foot curtain was ripped in t- from the top to the bottom and the Holy of Holies was made open to us. But on this day of Yom Kippur, they would remove that curtain and they would put a veil there so that the people could look through the veil and see all of this taking place in the Holy of Holies. And they said, and it's recorded over and over throughout the Scripture... That when he would go in and sprinkle the blood seven times on the Ark of the Covenant, that the Shekinah glory of God would fill the Holy of Holies. That there was a Shekinah glow. That there was a Shekinah, uh, 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 they said it was like a dove. Some said it was like a cloud. Others said it was like fire burning with a dove and a cloud. There's a Holy Ghost. Everything the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost, we see right there hovered over the Ark of the Covenant, the power of God over the sacrifice. Now remember, sins have already been cleansed. They've already been atoned for. So He's now sprinkling, sprinkling the blood these seven times, releasing blessings in these seven areas of your life. So if you need a blessing in your finances, if you need a blessing in your mind, if you need a blessing in your family, if you need a blessing to rise up in authority, if you need a blessing to go and take dominion, if you need a blessing in your heart, if you need a blessing in your finances, he says, I want to release those. I want to make sure this year you get all the blessings that I have for you. Hallelujah. God's a good God. But what about the curses that linger? The curses that hinder the blessing? I'm here today to tell you the curse is broken. And I'm giving you the scripture. Because after he comes out of the Holy of Holies, he gets that second goat and he confesses over that goat the iniquities and the transgressions over that goat. There's a twofold redemption here. Remember when Jesus, when he asked, Who do men say that I am? Remember that? And they said, you're Elijah, you're Moses, you know, you're this one, that one, you're John the Baptist, they were coming up with all kinds of things. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And do you remember what Peter said? Peter gave a Yom Kippur answer. That's why Jesus said, flesh and blood hadn't given this to you, Peter. This is straight from my Father. It was a Yom Kippur answer in Matthew 16 and 16. It says, thou art the Christ, Christ, the Christos, the anointed one, the Son of the living God. And Christ means the burden removing and curse destroying power of the living God. So that was a Yom Kippur answer because the high priest would put his hand on the goat and he would declare over the goat that the transgressions and the iniquities are going to be gone. That the burdens are going to be removed and the curse is going to be destroyed by the power of God. And if you'll remember jesus went on in verse 17 and he said i answered he says, blessed are you simon barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and i also say to you that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it he's saying petros in the greek petros you little stone peter you're a, you you connected you understand you're a chip off of the old block you got a revelation from the Father that I'm going to build my church. Not on you, Peter. Don't, not on you, but on Petra. And it's right there in the Greek, which means a boulder. So what's the boulder? What's the massive stone? It's the revelation. It's the Yom Kippur revelation of Him being the Christos, the burden-removing, curse-destroying power of the living God. So Yom Kippur should be so special to us Christians because when we know Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not... Uh, be able to uh, prevail against it he says that power of your foundation your footing your authority is this yom kippur it is this yoke destroying power destroying of power of god that we have praise god so this goat that he is putting this on this scapegoat is sent out into the wilderness and as he goes out Uh, into this dry places. I believe that's why Jesus said, when you cast out a devil, it goes out into desert places. And uh, so, it's, it's a wilderness out there, okay. But if it makes its way back, then the curse was not broken and it would block the blessings. Now, how did they know if the goat died? They would tie a crimson ribbon on the door of the tabernacle. And if it miraculously turned white as snow... They knew the goat died. They knew the curse was not coming back that year. They, could, they would celebrate. They would dance. There's even songs recorded. They would record new songs. They would write new songs for the celebration about the ribbon turning white, knowing the curse is not coming back that, this year. Now, I want you to watch this. In the Jewish Mishnah, which is their book of wisdom, sometimes it turned white and sometimes it didn't. Sometimes the curse was broken and sometimes it was not. But in the Mishnah, it is written that 40 years before the temple was destroyed, the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. We, we know that in history, in Roman history. But 40 years before it was destroyed, uh, the, the, the Mishnah says something happened. That the ribbon never, it never worked for us anymore. We still did what we were supposed to do, but the ribbon never turned white ever again. It was as though we were doing the sacrifice and we were killing the animals and we were sending the scapegoat out in vain. We don't know what changed well guess what happened in 80 30 40 years before the temple was destroyed where the Mishnah history book is telling us that the things of the temple stopped working for us we never saw the Shekinah glory there we never saw uh, the ribbons change we never saw the miracles ever again we kept sacrificing the animals but not something we lost something you know why because John had pointed it out when John the Baptist says, look there's the Lamb of God behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world we no longer having to wait on a goat, and we no longer having to wait on a bull, and we no longer having to wait on a pigeon or a dog. We now have the blood of Jesus, which is permanently, permanently done this for us for everyone who will believe it. That forty years before. Uh, Corresponded exactly With the crucifixion Of Jesus Christ I'm here to tell somebody today You don't need ritual to get the curse off of you You don't need to go shed the blood of an animal Or even shed your own blood uh, Saying I gotta pay for my own sin Uh, I'm here to tell somebody today Your sin has already been paid for I'm here to tell somebody today Your curse has already been covered Uh, That goat is not coming back Uh, Jesus Christ has lifted the curse Off of you Uh, If you will believe and receive it, it's yours today. That's why I want to close with Galatians 3, 13 and 14 of Scripture, very familiar to us. Here again, we've got a Yom Kippur understanding where Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's cursed is He who hangs on a tree. Go to Deuteronomy 21, 23, and you will see that anyone who hangs on a tree, the curse comes on him. Jesus had a way to take care of that scapegoat uh, uh, analogy that He had before. He said, I'm going to take care of it. Deuteronomy 21 23 I've got a loophole in the law that if I'll die not on the whipping post if I'll die not being thrown off of the cliff if I'll die on that tree their curse will come on me the ribbon will be turned from crimson to white and they'll never have to worry about the curse again I've come to set the captives free I've come to set those at Liberty who have been bound and those who are blind that they might see I'm the way the truth and the life I made a way for you Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah! So when Peter gave this Yom Kippur answer that Thou art the Christ, the burden removing and curse, curse destroying power of God, Jesus, and now on this I'm going to build my church. I'm telling you here at Christian Embassy, we are not in the norm, running a race in the norm, wanting to be just on another list of another religious uh, nonprofit organization that comes under the category of a church I'm telling you what we want to be is the church the true church, I'm telling you the ecclesia, those that have been called out and called around this truth uh, of the Yom Kippur, that Jesus Christ has broken the curse off of us that Jesus Christ has destroyed the yoke of sin over us us. he has paid our sin debt and it's time we believe what he has done for us enough to rise up on the rock uh, of who he is uh, on the rock uh, of his great power and authority and be light and be salt in this earth uh, like we've never been before that's what I want to be a part of I want to be a part of the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that Yom Kippur was pointing to uh, that Jesus Christ said is now and it is time for us to rise Up in the authority and the power that we have to the point that the gates of hell shall not prevail shall not withstand the battering ram of the church. That means we got to get aggressive. If the devil stole your health, it's time for you to kick the door in and get your health back. You said, I've been sitting here waiting. I'm waiting. If God loves me, He'll give it to me. Let me tell you, He loves you. And He's already made the way. All you got to do is believe and receive and begin to walk in it. Hallelujah. If the devil stole your finances, stop whining and crying about, I don't have it. stole it. I'm telling you, if you have to go watch a, a, a TV show Cops or something like that to learn how to kick the door in, even that's bolted, kick it in and you go in and take your money back. You go in and take your joy back. You go in and take your peace back. You go in and take your healing back. You go in and take your children back. You go in and take your grandchildren back. It's time that the church understand that what needed to be done, Jesus has done it. Now he says, if you believe it, You'll you'll receive it, and you'll walk in it. Hallelujah. He said, I took the keys back from the devil. Adam handed them over, but I took the keys of death, hell, and the grave back. And he says, and before I ascend on high, you're Yom Kippur high priest and you're a Yom Kippur sacrifice. You're Yom Kippur bull for you. You're a Yom Kippur goat for the people. You're Yom Kippur scapegoat for the curse to come off of you. He said, I am all of that and so much more. But I'm going to my Father and I am appointing you to be the authority. You are the body now of the Christos. You're the body of Christ, the body of the anointing, the yoke-destroying power of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? He says, you are. So I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the keys and you have now authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm you. I'm telling you, we've got to understand who we are because of whose we are and we've got to understand what we have. We have the authority. He said that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in that demonic heavenly realm and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in that demonic heavenly realm. The devil thinks he's got it over your head but you've got authority to reach up I'm telling you your weapons are not carnal but they're mighty through God to pulling down these strongholds and all these principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places got nothing on you you've got authority you've got the keys and if something is bound and you need it loose then you take the authority and loose it and if something's been loosed in your life that you don't want and you want to see it bound you take the authority and bind it it's time for the church to be the church it's time for the church to rise up and say wait a minute we're to be light we're not just to come and coexist with darkness we're to be light and where their light is it overpowers the darkness and we are salt of the earth it's time we make a difference it's time we give a better taste to this world oh taste and see that the Lord is good the world is waiting the world is watching the world is ready for something somebody Somehow, to give Him a breakthrough. And we've got the answer. And we have the keys. And we have His name. And we have a relationship. And we have His Holy Spirit. When, when I say, are we going to rise up and be who God has called us to be? I pray we'll do it here in this special season where God says you get so busy. Time out. Time out. i got an appointment. Stop everything you're doing. i got an appointment so you can remember. You can see the plan. You can see who you are. You can see your authority. You can see that you are, there's no condemnation. You're like, oh, I just can't do it. I, I, I had a bad thought yesterday. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Repent! The so far saying, repent! Don't carry it. Get rid of it! Fall on your face before God and ask God to forgive you. He's faithful and just and will forgive you. Repent! Don't jeopardize your family. Don't jeopardize the world that needs Jesus because you are so bent over with your soreness of failure when all you got to do is cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. All you got to do is repent! His blood will wash White as snow. Hallelujah. 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 The curse is broken. Yom Kippur says the curse is broken. Your excuses are out the window. Jesus said I'll build my church upon this rock. The Yom Kippur curse is destroyed. The power of sin has been overcome by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me, kid? Glory to God. Glory to God. If the Spirit of the Lord, and I know he has, but as the Spirit of the Lord speaks to you individually, I want you to respond to him. Some of you, he's telling right now, you just need to you just need to come to this altar. You've got some business that you need to handle, deal with with the Lord. And you don't need the distractions of those that are standing beside you, and it's really none of their business. But this is all about kingdom business. And you just need to you need to come talk to the Lord. I want you to just come. The altar's open. You can kneel, you can sit, you can lay. It's up to you, Solomon. Just want you to respond to the Spirit of God. What's he saying to you? Maybe he's saying to you, you haven't been stepping up enough. You haven't been walking in your authority enough. And you just, he's telling you, step up out of that seat. You don't care what nobody thinks. This isn't about what people think. This is about you stepping up into your position of authority. You're not going to let your family suffer anymore. You're not going to let the enemy just do what he wants. But you're stepping it up. Maybe, maybe there's a brokenness in your heart. And you've got the message It's clear right now. That Jesus, his heart was ruptured. His heart broke. To heal your broken heart, and you need to receive that healing right now. Just come, just say, Jesus, I'm coming for healing. This brokenness that's in my heart, this brokenness that just seems to keep popping up over and over. I'm ready for it to go. I'm ready for it to go. You had Aaron put your hand on that goat and send him into the wilderness to get the curse far away from your people. Jesus, you became that sacrifice so this curse comes far from me. I don't want to walk out of here with that curse in my life. Maybe there's sickness in your body today, an infirmity, a spirit of the enemy trying to break and twist and, and bring great pain and destruction in your body. Just, just say, Jesus, you said you're, you're my Jehovah Rapha. God, you're my healer. You're my physician. An earthly physician can do you no good unless you come to his office or her office. God has opened his office up to you right now here at this altar. You want healing, just come to Jehovah, Rapha, my God, my healer, my great physician, I come for my healing right now. You took stripes upon your back. You took stripes upon your back for my healing, and I am receiving it right now. I'm not letting the devil hold me back. I'm not letting the enemy get one more day of joy in my life. Maybe you've lost your peace. Maybe you've lost your peace. And you just, you just can't, nothing you do or nothing you achieve or nowhere you go seems to satisfy. I'm here to tell you Jesus will satisfy. What you need to do is you need to come to Him. Jehovah Shalom, you're my peace. I come to you, God, that you would fill me. You would fill me replete with your peace. That I'm not looking at the winds and I'm not looking at the waves. I'm not letting the circumstances of life distract me. I'm not letting the circumstances that, that the enemy's bringing against me and that the world is bringing against me get me off focused. Jesus, my eyes on you. And I'm going to walk on this water not because of how good I am but because of how great you are. But I've got my eyes on you. I'm looking to you. You are my strength. You are my source. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my God. Jesus, I'm looking right at you. I'm coming to you. And maybe you're here today and, and there is a sense of sadness in your heart you really don't even know where it comes from it's just sadness I'm telling you God's got joy unspeakable and full of glory for you and you just need to step out come to this altar and say God I'm coming I'm coming and I'm going to exchange my sorrow I'm going to exchange my sorrow for the joy of the Lord and you said your joy is strength hallelujah I need to feel that strength I need to feel that strength in my life so I'm coming with my sadness I'm giving it up here as we're coming up on Yom Kippur and you're sounding the shofars then you're saying wake up wake up get rid of the junk don't bring the junk into the anointing of this new year get rid of it he's saying right now get rid of it get rid of it bring it to me change that, that sadness for the joy of the Lord maybe you don't have clarity and wisdom and understanding of what a decision you need to make and going forward with your life. come to him right now come to him right now say God I know you're not an author of confusion You're the God of wisdom. You're the God of direction. You're the God of purpose. You're the God of destiny. And I'm coming to you right now and I've cast this confusion aside, this indecisiveness aside, this not knowing whether to go to the left or the right. I cast it aside and I come to you and I embrace you. You are my wisdom. Lord, I receive your wisdom now, supernatural wisdom wisdom that is the beginning of the fear of the Lord Lord I receive it right now in Jesus name I know you're going to give me clarity I know you're going to give me direction I know you're going to speak to me and I'm going to listen I'm not going to let other things distract me Some of you have a calling on your life. And you may have talked about that calling. You may have been uh, 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 thinking about that calling. But you've never given that calling to the Lord. God wants to anoint that calling that is on your life. So if you feel like God has a calling on your life, I would come, if I were you, as we are coming up on Yom Kippur, when the uh, high priest is specially on his calendar, placing his hand on us, I want you to come and say, God, uh, this calling that I've sensed, this calling that I've felt, I want to give it to you. And I want you to direct it. I want you to guide. So just come, just come to this altar. Say, Lord God, this calling on my life, I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to try and manipulate it. I'm going to give it to you. I want you to direct my steps. I want to live my life the way you created me. I want you to come. Just by coming up here say, saying, God, put your hand on me. Like you put the hand on the side. Put your hand on me, Lord. Put your hand on me. Lord God, for this anointing. Your hand on me. Lord God, for this calling. I bring my calling to you. This can be for the young people, especially the young people. And it doesn't mean if you're 150, it's still... Going God can do more in your latter years than in your former years. So if you feel God has a calling on your life, you need to come. You need to come. Just bring it to Him right now. Say, God, I I don't know all the details, but you do. I don't know the ups and downs of it, but you do. I bring it to you right now. I bring it to you right now. Hallelujah. 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 I believe there's somebody here that's struggling financially, and it seems like there's no way out. God says, I've made a way out for you. I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be discouraged. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your God, your provider. Is there somebody that needs Jehovah Jireh to manifest in your life today? I want you to come and say, Lord, here am I. Lord, this is the the time. You've said it on the calendar. And I want you to put your hand on me, Lord God. I want you to touch me, Jehovah Jireh. I've been trying to figure these finances out. I've been trying to manipulate these finances. I've been trying to work every way which I could to make it happen. But God, I give it to you right now now jehovah child my God my provider I'm trusting you you are my retirement you are my future and you are my today Hallelujah I'm not gonna worry about it I'm gonna follow you I'm gonna do what you show me to do I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna make myself available Lord God you are the great CPA and the provider in my life I, I give you the books right now Hallelujah come on saints of God maybe you hadn't come up here and you're there Intercede, Jesus make an intercession for us but he's also called us to intercede intercede for these that are on the altar pray for them and the best thing you say well I don't know how to pray if you'll pray in the spirit you'll be praying perfectly you'll be praying perfect you pray in the spirit your mind don't know but your spirit with the Holy Spirit leading you will pray exactly what needs to be prayed for the battles and for the warfare and for the victories that's taking place right now so just if you would extend your hands towards them for the next couple of minutes and then we're gonna we're gonna let you go but just the next couple of minutes just begin to pray for them let the holy spirit, let the holy spirit begin to speak that that pure language of heaven over them you're speaking over their spirit their their flesh doesn't hear understand what you're saying but their spirit does their spirit does Bless them, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Equip them now, Lord God. Raise them up, Lord God, to be that mighty ecclesia, Lord God. That mighty church, Lord God. Do the miracle, do the miracle in their life. They need a miracle. They're here, God. They need a miracle in their life, Lord God. Let the miracle begin to manifest even right now in the name of Jesus. Turn the tide, turn the tide by your Spirit, Lord God, in their life oh God he's got his book of blessings He's autographing yours right now. He's autographing yours right now. He said this thing, the preface of a book is before the chapters. So he's going to start writing the chapters of blessing uh, come uh, Wednesday, sundown. But he's writing the preface right now. He's writing the forward right now. And he's releasing his blessings over you right now. He's releasing Yom Kippur anointing over you right now. In the the forward, he's writing it right now. He said, you love me so much that you came here at this altar. You came here on this day uh, to meet with me uh, a little early he said that blesses my heart I'm going to write something in the forward Uh, I'm going to write something in the introduction Uh, I'm going to tell him all the blessings uh, in detail in the chapter but I'm going to give you the covering of blessing right now he's writing your book he's writing your book he's signing your book he is setting up your book he is setting up your account right now thank you Lord thank you Lord now just say God I receive all that you have for me I believe thus I receive and I will walk it out for your glory if you believe that I want you to begin to thank him begin to thank him begin to praise him if you really believe that go ahead and begin to thank him begin to praise him That's one of the greatest expressions of faith. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, may God bless you. May God anoint you afresh and anew. May God's face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you as you go into this week. In Jesus' name, amen.